After Alderaan, I'm Caroline Guthrie. I'm Meg Fariello. And we are a podcast dedicated to re-exploring our adolescent journeys through the Star Wars Expanded Universe. One book at a time. One book at a time. And this week, we are exploring Assault at Salonia. Yeah, and this is the second book in the Corellian trilogy written by Roger McBride Allen. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean... I think a disappointing turn from the... The first book was stronger, Ambush at Corellia. I, yeah. I, I know I mentioned more than once that it was a book. Right. And uh, <laughs> Salonia, I'm not sure it's hitting that benchmark. Yeah, it felt like a lot of... Um, it was still, again, short. Shorter. It was shorter than the first one. Um, it moved... I mean, move is uh, maybe not the right word. It, it you know... Went from chapter to chapter, different characters, yeah. didn't stick around for too long from one person, but it did really feel like the chess pieces were being moved yeah. slowly to the place they need to be for the third It just book. seemed like a book where people and aliens moved from place to place to talk about like what they thought was happening, right? but not really to do, do much, much of anything. anything. And nobody really did. No. I feel like there was, like, 50 pages of people doing stuff. Yeah. And, like... A lot of it was just, like, talking about... 130 pages. <laughs> <laughs> but there were... Um, I don't know if it's necessarily like, good or not. There were some interesting characters yeah. that were brought in. Yeah. Um, and sort of uh, connecting it to other books in the Star Wars Legends canon that we have not yet met who apparently are very important. Yeah, that's, that's um, how we find them. We just stumble in. Yeah, and I think we need to talk about um, the most important question for me, at least after we recap the very basic plot of this book, is to talk about what love is. Yes. <laughs> and not in, like, a grand. <laughs> no, what is love? In this um, book. In this book and in the Star Wars universe. Because yeah. I think it's a question that we could have asked about a lot of books and we were so distracted by it. Yes. Other things that we didn't. But um, I, I think we need to have a long conversation about relationships and yes. romantic love. Yes. What is love? Who feels love? How yeah. do you know when it's love? Does anyone know what love is uh, in yeah. the Star Wars universe? Because I'm not so sure. I'm not convinced. Okay. <laughs> so in this book, we pick up like very shortly after mm-hmm. we leave off. So... Um, Han and Leia are separate have are have separately both been captured yes by the human league. Leia is on Corellia still right trapped and Han um is brought to a prison. Right. So Leia is imprisoned in the like villa or whatever where they were right. before. But Han is in like a more typical prison and he's being held by his cousin Thraken yeah. Sal Solo. Basically, so there's a picture of in the background on the cover of this book, Google it. Yes. A picture of, so Han is in the foreground and there is in the background above his, his right above his head to the right, um, a picture of Thracken Solo. And it is basically like a slightly aged right. Harrison Ford with a Tom Selleck mustache. mustache. Not a Burt Reynolds mustache, Not by the way. <laughs> we were talking about how it's 
implausible that some people confuse. <laughs> Apparently there are people who confuse Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck. Yeah, and we're like, how dare. <laughs> we're not okay with that. Um, um, that was actually, that's the very first question in my notes is, why are they, why are they identical with four question marks? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a question to like. I'm not okay to with table, it. and we'll have to come back. I mean, the soap opera. We talked a lot about how the first book brought in a lot of soap opera tropes and and plots, and this book I think continues to do yeah. that. Interesting, hundred percent. Um, so let's just go through Han. So Han is is kidnapped. He's forced as like sort of a ha 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 for Thraken to battle a Salonian. And this is one of the three, like, main alien. Right. And the Salonians were, are, like, very, they're, like, tall. They're physically imposing. They have really sharp teeth. Yeah, they're very claws. dangerous. They're great fighters. And so, Dragon's like, it will be hilarious, like, if, if Han is forced to fight, fight. a Salonian. And he, um, which is interesting that this is a thing that follows Han throughout all those sort of iterations. But Han can speak very basic Salonian and right. Thraken believe you know doesn't think of that and so Han basically communicates with the Salonian um right. and they she, sort of team up she asks him like she says like you know you need do you speak Salonian you know just like lose as quickly as you can right so I don't have to and I don't have to it, kill you it's yeah. funny because he still gets the ever-living crap beaten out right. of him. Like, Unnecessarily. Yeah, like, that's not what taking a dive is. <laughs> right. like, 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 let's make it convincing or something. Um, so so they form a friendship, and the Salonian, um, with the help of the Salonian, he escapes. Right. So Salonians are a tunneling mm-hmm. species, and so he mm-hmm. ends up... Dig their way out. Should we just, like, go through his whole Yeah, thing? I think so, yeah. Uh, so they, they dig out of the prison... And they go through like miles and miles and miles. Yeah, and they're very low. Like Han has like very bad knees by the end of this. Like the the tunnels, the Salonians are very good at walking on all fours. Right. Um, So they're very low to the ground. And so Han is basically like, you know, army crawling his way like through. Right. (laughs) For hours and hours and hours. And so they go and they eventually get to. Um, and this and the Salonian is Drachmas, mm-hmm. and she's being very sort of secretive about like what they're doing and where they're going. And Han's like, I don't know if I can trust her, but like I have no option but to trust her. Yeah, he <laughs> has that inner monologue approximately. A yeah, at least <laughs> at least a thousand, maybe maybe eight thousand. Right, um, and it's very clear that like from the beginning that he can trust, trust her. her. Like, there's never a moment to doubt her. Right. Oh, yeah, she Han has, has very good intentions. Han has a weird paranoia streak in yeah. this trilogy because he's also really weirdly dodgy about Mara Jade. Yeah, right. Yeah, he doesn't really trust Mara Jade either. Yeah, yeah. and like at this point, like, but, like even though on site she was everyone's best friend who right. you love more than anything right. in the world, when she was <laughs> absolutely murder her saying, like, I'm definitely gonna murder Luke Skywalker. They're like, oh, you, we <laughs> love you so much. Now, six years later, yeah. she's been nothing but helpful. I'm right. like, you know, she used to work for the Empire. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, yeah. guys. So they get to a, uh, a a ship that is piloted by another Salonian, right? And they get on the ship and they're headed for Salonia, but they don't get there because this other Salonian is not a very good pilot, right? And she kind of blows out the the ship, and they are initially stranded, but they actually meet up with Leia, and mm-hmm. Leia doesn't get up to much. She and Mara Jade break out of... Yeah, so basically Mara Jade and her um, team up yeah. and break out of the prison, and that's it. Is yeah, what they break out of prison, they get on Mara Jade's ship, they get off the planet, and they say, oh, that's Han. Yeah. And they go... And Leia feels like, once they get off planet, she senses 
she can force sense like that Han is around, that Luke is around, and and right does so they go pick that. So they go pick up Han and the two Salonians. Right. So um, let's see. The, I want to say Luke, Luke for last. Okay. So let's see the kids. So the kids are as we as we left them. We're on the Falcon with Chewie and the Drawl, the Drawl uh, nanny guide um who's been helping their family uh and the drawl and his droid um are like well we should just bring them to the drawl home planet i have family there like this is you know seems like the best option so they go there and his they go visit his aunt who is a duchess Duchess. She seems to be doing quite a drawl. Yeah, very wealthy. I would like to know more about drawls. Yeah, they seem like she was a really interesting character that I yeah. thought didn't get enough. Yeah, I was really fascinated with her. Time. Um, yeah, she like clicks art and is like you know, um, drawls draws are very mannered and right, have, cultured. Have a lot of customs and yeah. social mores, and so of course because like. Duh, she takes a shine to the kids. And, yeah, like, when she finds out that they're actually like the solo children. She knows who they are, um, and the kids end up telling her about the object thing, the hidden hallway, hallway thing. that they found uh, initially in the first book. Right. And she's like, "Oh, I'd like to see if there's one of those around here." Yeah, and there, there is. is. Yeah, so so the thing um, that they're sort of hinting at, and like <laughs> they, the authors hinting at and dodging is. Um, there's this rumor. I don't know. We did talk about this in the first episode a little bit. Yeah. Then the first, I, I don't know if we talked about it or if yeah. it was just there. There's a rumor going around that Corellia, the system of Corellia, so the five planets was actually, um, like the way the five planets are aligned or came together makes people think that they might have been like artificially right, that placed, they that they are not. That that wouldn't happen on its own. Right. Natural planets. And so finding these like hidden compartments and deep within the right, planet are sort of leaning us to the fact that like that might be and like why and who right no one knows there's a there throughout this whole book and i was confused and also i read this days ago yeah so no. i apologize i took quite a while to get through <laughs> this i don't remember but there seems to be like a, a sort of like man behind the curtain so thraken Salsolo is not not actually the mastermind maybe we should talk about this really quick so he has basically like um kind of like globbed onto someone else's plan so he knew that these planets were being blown up stars stars sorry <laughs> and sort of like took that to um use it to his advantage as part of this human league um and claim that like he is the one who is controlling this and and he threatens uh the New Republic, he threatens Han and Leia and Luke by, because he knows these things are happening, saying, like, it's gonna happen again. Right, and, and that's like, why he, it. like, taught, and they think that that's why he tossed up this introduction field so that right. the person who's actually doing it right, can't, can't come. come. Right, so he's using this as a, as a, as a way to, to, um, perpetrate this coup. Yeah. Um, but really, he's not the one who's controlling yeah. all of the destruction And, like, happening. and whoever the master schemer is, who we haven't gotten any hints about. <laughs> Whoever's a bunch of whoever's scheming. Sleep away, Cam. Yeah, whoever's How does this get me? <laughs> you schemers. Whoever is whoever is scheming um, is also stirring up problems on like with like creating like a Salonian separatist movement and a draw separatist movement. Right. So just so causing all making of havoc. The populations of the Korean uh, system are getting set against yeah. each other. So anyway, at the end, 
the kids have and the Drawls and Chewie have found the repulsor system for the Drawl planet, which is basically right. like how you make the planet go. Yeah, like it's it's like engines. Like yeah, but apparently you could weaponize it or use it defensively or right, right, whatever. Yeah, cool. So that leaves yeah Luke and Lando. Yeah. So Luke and Lando, we left them. They noticed uh, the. Interceptor, the interdiction, <laughs> the wall that's yeah. blocking people from getting to the Krillian system, and they Krillian fence, right? Krillian, a big Krillian <laughs> electric fence, yeah. <laughs> and they decide, well, let's go back to Coruscant, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and like try to figure out what to do. So they go back to Coruscant, and, and they Mon Mothma is waiting for Luke, yeah, <laughs> waiting with open arms to Lando, and is like shoving Luke aside. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, oh, you're back. I have another idea for you. I want you to go ask your ex-girlfriend for help. Yeah, so uh, we have not read The Truce at Bakura, which is an Earl, another, which we will read, um, and maybe next, because I'm really interested in hearing more about this. But apparently in that book, Luke has a girlfriend, or like a love interest, named, I want to call her Gladriel. It's it's Gariel? Gariel. And so, and and she has, she's... uh, very high up in the yeah, she's in charge, in basically. charge basically of this planet, Bakura, and she has a fleet of ships and a basically an army. Yeah, the Bakuras are doing Navy. quite well. Yeah, and so I don't know why Mama was like she would be the one to ask because they can't spare. The New Republic has a they lot can't of spare budget. Square. <laughs> the New Republic. I'm learning about a lot of their budget right. issues. Budget. Yeah, I mean that's why Luke's broke because they can't <laughs> literally can't yeah, pay they him. Cannot pay him. <laughs> So my mom was like, hey, you remember that girl who you made goo-goo eyes at 14 years ago? Go yeah, talk to her. Go make goo-goo eyes again. <laughs> you useless, useless piece <laughs> of dirt. <laughs> and for Luke, this is like, I don't even yeah. know and how to is- express the emotional <laughs> weight. This is like Luke finding his biological parents after, like, right. Um, yeah. He takes, this means more to him than anything. Than the Jedi Academy than could the ever. Jedi, this means more than, like, the deaths of Owen and Beru did. Yeah, he is really thrown for a loop. Like, this is basically on emotional par with being told Vader was his, his father. father. Yeah, like, he is, he is he's really, having that level of response. And his inner sort of, like, mod, like, he is going through, he's like, oh, but she, you know... We know that she got married. And she had a child. And she had a child, but her husband has recently, or within the past like few a year years, ago, pa- he right, passed away. Um, and he's just like, I don't know. And it's, oh, we'll get into we it guess, later. We should we'll just, save it. We should hit okay. pause. Come so, back. Um, so they go to Bakura, and Luke meets up with her, and they're all moony, moony, goo <laughs> eyes at yeah. each other. And um, they're like, hey, can we get some ships? And, and she's like, like, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, and so they do. They and, do. uh, they head for Corellia. They head for Corellia. And Lando, so Lando was with them. Um, but his love interest, Talita? Tempra? That's not right. She's not a shrimp. <laughs> Tempra. <laughs> what is her name? Tendra. 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 Um, she, and this is a, where this love thing comes in, um, has just like flown to Corellia to like make sure Lando's. Okay. Okay. And it's literally she might be in love with him. Someday. But she's not sure that she is right now. She no. She doesn't think she is now. But she but might. She be. could be. Right. Like anybody on the street, I might be in love with you. <laughs> she could eventually be in love with him. Um. So she's basically. I mean, we get 
not too many scenes, but we get a couple of scenes of her just like hanging out and being like, Lando, why would you answer my like distress signal? Yeah. I might love you and you <laughs> might love me. <laughs> one day. I know you don't love me <laughs> now. And I don't love you now either, but <laughs> okay, like, one happen. day we could love each other. Um, and then eventually he gets the signal and right. he sends back this message of like, oh my gosh, like, what are you doing here? I'm about to go into battle. I might love you one day. Right. <laughs> okay. So that's the plot, but maybe let's like keep going with this yeah. conversation because that's how how he and Tendra talk about each other but it is also kind of how Luke and Gary all because Luke is like he he thinks to himself early on in this whole saga again this is a soap opera thing that like I like of course it's been years and like I you know there's no way it could work and it you know that was so long ago and I'm a different person and she's a different person but <laughs> but no and I mean I wish I had marked what page it was but there is a point where he's saying like he says in the lines of nothing ever happened between us yeah nothing happened yeah he says like nothing ever happened between us but. Maybe if I had stayed at Bakura, something could have happened between us. And it's the maybe that really makes this such a huge deal. Even though I'm just like, but nothing happened between them. Yeah, and he's like super like embarrassed about it. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, he um, is. So I'm trying to find like a good section to just Oh here, okay. Um, so this is when he's first meeting her when he gets to Bakura. Um, and he, uh, is walking by this, like, garden. And it says, she led him through the light and airy house to the central courtyard open to the sky. She had planted her garden there, bright flowers, straining toward the sun, sharing their beauty with the world. There was a little marker stone in the shadiest corner of that courtyard, still looking like a little new, a little, uh, still looking a little new, a little out of place, like a plant. That had not quite set its roots down yet. Her husband's ashes slipped under that simple cube of stone. Sitting down on the bench facing the marker, she looked from Luke to the stone and then from the stone to Luke. <laughs> what was she thinking, bringing Luke here for their first talk? So her dead husband could serve as a chaperone? She felt it. Tw- I mean, I guess it's from her perspective. Yeah. She felt a twinge of guilt. Embarrassment? Shame? It was a price- precise emotion. It made no real sense. Like, none of this makes sense. No, and so this is prior to that. This is when they're on. Luke is on the ship heading there. Um... Gariel, he thought of her and of all the possibilities that yeah. name represented in his mind. He had always doubted he would ever marry. Romantic love had never seemed to be part of his destiny. Even a Jedi Master could not see far into the future, but Luke needed little more than common sense to know that a life such as his had little room for the pleasures of ordinary people. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. Amazing how a name from the past could affect someone. It, we've talked about this... Um, I'll leave up to do a podcast about it. But, like, it does seem like everyone has a middle or high school understanding of... I feel like middle school. It's as if they were, you know, you know, those middle school relationships where you, like, you're going out, in quotes, for, like, a week or two. And right. then you break up. And then the whole rest of the year, you're like, remember when we yeah. dated? And, like, it was so meaningful. Yeah. And, and what like, if we had kept dating? Right. As a child who's going through puberty and emotions, like... Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but this... No slam on middle school. Everybody goes through right, it. No, right, no. That's not to say that, like, that's not a legitimate feeling to have. But, like, as an adult who... Her and him, they're both contributing, obviously contributing to the problem. Like, she feels the same way. 
And she loved her husband. It's not like she regrets no, she- marrying him. Like, she had a long relationship with this man, had a child. Yeah. And, like, this guy that she, like, nothing happened. Like, maybe had a kind of crush on. I and mean, we haven't read that book. No, we haven't so. read the book, but they describe it as essentially, like, a missed connection. That right, they, they met, like, were flirting. That kind of, like, some sparks flew, but they were both just in different places, and so they went their separate ways. And it is insane. Yeah, how emotional to still are. be so emotional about a missed connection yeah. all that time. Like, Luke. <laughs> Luke. Luke is a wreck. Yeah. I wanted Mon Mothma to be like, Luke, like, no. But this is just her further campaign to humiliate him. Yes, I guess. So, like, like, let's call your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. See how that works. I tried to find an ex-girlfriend, but it turns out you've never yeah. had a real girlfriend, so this is as close <laughs> as I could get. Like, also, so, and I, I Googled what happens, and I'm... <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm right. That the way this is also set up, so she um, has this daughter, um, and, you know, they're trying to convince her to come with the fleet, and, and, and her daughter's young, she's like seven, yeah, or, you know, a kid, which is like, I don't want her to go, like, it's dangerous, like, yeah, she and she's like, die, and Luke's like, I promise I'll take care of her mom. Your mom will come out of this 100% alive. And I was like, there's no way she's surviving. <laughs> <laughs> There's not. That's a real bummer. <laughs> like, you know, like, just the way it was laid out of, yeah, like, like, looping, like... The fact that oh, you put that scene there. Yeah, like, you are gonna survive, and I'm gonna make sure you survive, no. and then maybe, possibly, we'll love each other. Oh, she's gonna die, and he's <laughs> gonna, gonna be gonna... thinking about all the possibilities <laughs> and everything they missed. It's gonna make me vomit. Uh, the thing with this book is that it is just leans so far into the the telling not showing. Yeah. And it is just constant pounding away at how well these characters know no. each other. Right. And how well these characters understand their circumstances. I I mean, I felt like in the first 8 pages I was told 64 times how well Han and Thraken knew each other. But the thing is, they don't. And they don't know each other all that well. Right? Because, I but, mean, I it's different than the Han Solo trilogy. Like, obviously, this doesn't follow the same trajectory. But, like, Han left, still left Corellia when he was very young. Yeah, like, as a kid. And they had not... No, and, I mean, they knew each other fine. Yeah, because they have this back and forth at the beginning of the book where Han, like, plays around... Right. With Thraken, because he, like, he knows him so well that, like, answering this way will make him feel this way. And I'm gonna, like, you know, push back against... Yeah, it's just, that question would have terrified most people under the circumstances, but Han knew Thraken from way back. Um, even a few moments re- acquaintance told him he hadn't changed much since the old days, so... I have cousins yeah. that I grew up with... Right. ...that I know quite well. Not that, you know, I mean, but... Saw all holidays, at least once a month, played together. They are all more than capable of surprising me. Yeah, right. As humans are. Yeah. Anybody you know. Anyone I know is a person who can surprise me. Yeah. But the other thing that's sort of frustrating is that there isn't, there's sort of an, as much as he's telling us everything, there's sort of an assumed understanding of Han's childhood. Right. And his family life. And I don't. I think it's a dodge because the Han Solo trilogy hasn't been written at this point. And I guess maybe they're safe. They're and they're just like, well, like, just don't touch it. Yeah, we just don't know. Like. I guess. Um, but it, 
who was the this is a side track but who was the like the cousin who maybe wasn't really his cousin that he in the flashbacks in the first Han Solo book was that Thracken yeah it was okay yeah. um because this seems like a very different yeah character than who this is yeah in the in the Han Solo trilogy his interaction with Thracken was that he sort of tracked him down um that his mom Thracken's mom was really crazy and kind right. of went off and at first, things were pretty much okay between Han and Thracken, but then Thracken turned out to be, like, a big bully and was really right. mean to the other kids. Right. he, like, stood up. And eventually Han had enough of it, and he stood up, and then Thracken essentially locked him in the basement. And right. then after a few weeks, sold him back to that right. pirate so they got guy. Him. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's none of that. <laughs> right. So, and I mean, no, this, the nothing in this, nothing here counters that. Nothing counters it, but nothing sort of um, provides... There's no hint of ...proof that. of, like a traumatic no. past. It probably like that they were cousins and like they didn't get along and like Thracken was a bully like it implies that he was a bully and he wasn't right. very nice. But not that he like tortured Han and you know, his mother was crazy. Was, yeah, none of that like familial No. But I mean to also it. the idea that Someone who was mean to you in your childhood, that you could be back with them for five minutes and be like, like got it. I know the rate of you. Right. I know who you are. I guess maybe that's my main objection to this book is it's sort of like insistence on incredibly simplified people. Like yeah. the characters are so flat and so shallow. Right. And like there's no hint that people might change over time. Yeah. You know, like there were people in my childhood who I didn't get along with and I really ran into them now. 20 years later. Right. I wouldn't fine. assume that I'm like, I've got the read of you, right. asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, maybe right. you've changed. You yeah. know? It's been a while. And I mean, obviously, Thracken hasn't changed, but... Or maybe he has, just not in the right direction. Maybe right. it's gotten worse. Right. <laughs> it's gotten downhill. <laughs> I mean, the, like, identical cousin of it all. That's a nightmare for me. I don't yeah. understand <laughs> at all. I mean, I have to think it's going to come up in the last book. Is Han going disgu- to disguise himself as Thracken or Maybe. something? Maybe. But you think you would have used that already. Sooner? Because the voice is one th- Like, you can have a very, like, you know. Yeah, no. Me and my sister sound very similar on the phone. Yeah, like, I've, been, you know. I've been mistaken for my mom on the phone. Yeah, like, same. Like, you know, you can have a very similar voice and be related. But I, you know, my sister and I do not look identical. No, and also, you and your sister probably sound alike because you grew up in the same house. Right, and, right. Like, yeah. talk to each other <laughs> right, a lot right, and stuff. Right. It's not just, like, pe- like, voices sounding similar isn't just in the frequency of your sound waves, but also in your cadence and your pacing. Right, like, right, yeah, like, you know, what you listen to when you're growing up. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, it, so that, and and that would be one thing, and they didn't even, they used that a little bit, but it was... Barely touched In it. the first book, but the kids are like, it sounds like our dad, but they, like, knew it wasn't Right, it sounds him. a lot like him. But, I mean, he specifically says... I mean, Thracken is identical to him. Mustache. But with a mustache. And, like, some lines on his face. Mustache, a little heavier, and, like, more gray hair. Yeah. But basically... Was... Did he just not feel like describing a new guy? I don't know. Like... I don't... I don't know if that's supposed to make us think that, like, oh, this is what Han... Could have Could have been if he had stayed There's on There's just, Corellia. like, no indication that it's what Han could have been. No. And it is so, like... I mean, Thracken is a lot... He seems, like, dumber and meaner and, like, he has a drinking problem. Oh, yeah. They talk about how he's an alcoholic. Yeah, he's, like, an alcoholic and he's really racist and he loves the Empire and... Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just, it's a very, again, soap opera, you bring in an evil cousin or an evil twin, and you just put a mustache or a wig on them, and, <laughs> and you're saving money. Yeah, and you're good to go. Actor. And that's sort of what it felt like, and that would be interesting if it was commented on, or meta in or some way. anything. But, like, but it doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, also, this is a book. You have the budget for as many characters as you want. Right, right. <laughs> Which I'm not sure I suggest adding more. But no, you know, no, I mean, <laughs> it's busy. And at a certain point towards the end, because early on it seemed to alternate perspectives sort of by chapter. Yeah. We have like a Luke chapter and then a Han chapter. And yeah, by the like end, tumbled. yeah, it got faster and faster. Yeah. And by the end, every chapter had a section for everyone. So it was just like, like two or three pages each. Yeah, for each person. It was getting a little bit yeah. frustrating. <laughs> It's a little bit much. I also don't really... I feel like this book was supposed to end on a cliffhanger, but, like, I didn't feel like I was cliffhanging. No, because, like, the last book ended where everyone was separated, and this book ended where basically everyone... Yeah, all the adults all are All the adults are back together. Back together. Um, and so you don't really get a sense of, like, you know, a nail-biting. How are they going to get out of this one? Yeah, I think yeah. it's, like, more abstract. Like, the Salonians had discovered the repulsor in their planet and used it to shoot at something. Right, and the draws had discovered... Had discovered theirs, but they hadn't started using it yet. Started using it yet. So, like, everyone's kind of on the same page, just yeah. not communicating. So it's like, what's gonna happen right. next? I think a big battle. Yeah, probably. It's my... It's never the best for us. I guess um, um, hmm. But maybe I'll just tell about the battle. Yeah. <laughs> to live. We don't have to live the battle, we just have to... The battle. We just have to deal with 18 different conversations right. between people <laughs> talking about what they think happened or yeah. will happen in the battle which is very much this book style this book takes place almost completely like off it's mostly different sets of people sitting down and talking at length about what they think is going on like right. first Han and Drachmas talked about what they think Thraken right. is doing and then the Draws talked about what they think is going on in Corellia which is the same thing right. and then Mara, Jade, and Leia tried to figure out what the Human League was doing, which, again, same thing. Like, it was yeah. all just the same conversations happening over and oh, over no. and over. I'm not going to get this right because I can't remember. There was a scene with Chewie. Oh, no. Was Han thinking about, again, putting his kids in danger? Oh, because he was, like, sending... Get cut all of <laughs> He... I don't know. He had this thought of, like... The kids being put in danger because of something he did. Oh, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. What he, am I talking about? <laughs> he was talking to uh, Drachmas, and Salonians have a very different culture than humans, and she was trying to figure out, like, whether or not she could trust him, because he's related to Thraken, oh, right. he, and Thraken is so bad, and he said, basically, like, I swear I swear on my, my children's lives, I would never betray you. And she's like, that's really serious for us. Like, if you betray me me or someone from my clan will well, go murder your, your children. children yeah. Do you really want to swear that? And he thinks about it for a second. And he's like, shoot, he's with the kids. Right. It's fine. She will never let anything happen. But like, if there's like an army of Salonians. Yeah, there's so many Salonians. Like, why would you do that? Again, like him taking the kids to this planet or this system and in I, the first place. Yeah. And like, I mean, he's not planning to betray Dracula. No, but no. Like, but just, why not just, even if because he also is like, well, I don't want to betray her, but what if I do something that she, right, like, she interprets as betrayal? Yeah. And he's like, what am I supposed to do if, like, I accidentally betray yeah, her? Yeah, and he's like, I Chewie won't. will take care of yeah, it. Yeah, Chewie will just rip everyone's arms. <laughs> and, like, I don't 
Salonians seem pretty fierce, and I think if there's two Salonians, yeah, and Chewy, it can, it can I don't know if gonna. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's lot. Pretty... <laughs> there's also a point later when, um, the Drawls and the Duchess Draw is like, oh, those kids have magic force powers. I can use them to find this right. uh, underground Repulsive thing, money, yeah, and we'll send them right in. It'll be no problem. And the Draw Tutor's like. You're on shaky ethical ground, yeah. deciding to send <laughs> oh, children yeah. <laughs> marching into danger, and she, and she basically just says, "I think it's fine." Yeah, and so then they do it. Yeah, like no they one do it. No one cares about these children no. at all. No, no one is keeping them safe. And no one seems that worried about. I guess because Chewie's with them. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, it'll be fine. But like Leia and Han don't spend all that much time. No. Leia a bit more, I think, but nobody spends a ton of time worrying about... Well, I mean, Luke was having that uh, foreshadowing freak out about, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Gariel's coming off with us and leaving her child behind. Like, she's going off to do something so dangerous. And I was just like, Luke, is this only odd to you because she's not bringing her child with her to go somewhere dangerous? (laughs) Take the kid. It's not that dangerous. Like, that's what you always do, right? You're going off somewhere dangerous, you take a kid, and, like, that'll... hope for the best. (laughs) It'll be fine. Um, Oh, here's... I was... Everyone's having their little, like, freakouts about this idea of the the quote-unquote starburster, or starbuster. Yeah. Not, not a candy. Starburst. <laughs> What's your favorite Starburst? <laughs> the pink. I like the cherry. <laughs> the red ones. So everyone, the pink and the orange. So everybody's <laughs> freaking out about the Starbuster. And like, how on earth could you blow up a star? That's insane. You had a Sun Crusher six years ago. You had a Sun Crusher. You've had two or three Death Stars. <laughs> like, it is. Like, how does this keep impressing you people? Yeah. How is there? Or a, how are you always surprised when someone's figured out a way to do it when everyone else? Has yeah, figured like out there's a way to no do way. It. How could you blow up a star? Yeah. Like we've blown up eight. everything. Yeah, yeah, we've blown up so many planets. We've blown up tons of stars. We've right. blown up so many things. Right, and you blow up one of the things that can blow up something. <laughs> someone else has another one. Just wreck <laughs> it in the back. <laughs> do you need me to bring out the spare? Yeah. Here's the spare. <laughs> that is literally the plot of the third Jedi Academy book. Yeah. Sometimes do you running want, around in a spare Death Star. Do you want this? Yeah. Like, I'm not using it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Just like, yeah, no, the, the garage, the keys are, in, the keys are right. under the under the sun visor. Right, and, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. the manual's in the glove compartment. Like, Just like, you, you, like, you know how to drive this thing. Because right, everyone does. Because yeah. we've had so many. Why does it, somebody should at least, I mean, I know they don't have phones, but someone should, <laughs> they do not have phones. someone should, like, send a letter to Kip Duran and be like, hey, buddy, what have you been up to? Not, not to be insensitive, yeah. but have you heard anything about stars blowing up? Yeah. Because you were kind of our guy for that. Right, yeah, you were the, the, guy, the guy. You were, you were the guy who did that. <laughs> did you know that there's someone kind of inching in on your game? And also, since he's, like, apparently forced Jesus, they should just keep Kip Duran around yeah. all the time anyway. <laughs> well, he, he's no longer forced Jesus. No, Anakin's, Anakin's the new forced Jesus. Yeah. And maybe is, that's why Kip's not hanging around. Maybe Anakin makes him feel really insecure. Yeah, he's, like, stepping on his, uh, yeah. his thing. Like, I thought that I was Han's baby boy who was also forced Jesus, <laughs> no. and now there's a new Han's baby boy who is <laughs> forced Jesus. You know that, like, Kip first met Jason Solo, and he was like, oh, good. Yeah. Like, but uh, I will still be me. I will say, I think Han probably loves Kip Duran. Much more. <laughs> because I don't know that anyone loves Anakin Solo. <laughs> no, no one Everyone seems... seems to think he is, again, Jason mostly, yeah. is just thinking in his head, 
This, my brother is There's something so strange. Something real wrong with him. Yeah. Yeah, Jaina is not as, doesn't notice. She's certainly not as, like, her inner monologue is not as Well, vocal. Jason has always been very judgmental. That's true. Just that's, that's <laughs> the one consistency, I guess, yeah. that Jason Solo is that he's a, He's very negative and judgmental about other people. Judge, judgmental. But yeah, and I, there's a lot of scenes with Anakin and the Duchess. Yeah. Where she's just like, oh, you. Yeah, you baby weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I just did. No, Anakin is uh, just a, a combination between uncanny and obnoxious. Like, he, yeah. he's never charming. No, he's, he's never off, cute. He's very off-putting. And I don't think it's purposefully no. done. Like, I think we're supposed to think he's like, oh. Yeah, but he never does anything cute. He's never sweet. He's just sort of bratty or magic. Yeah. It seems like my impression, and this, again, read this a couple days ago, and <laughs> it's late when we're recording this. But my impression was that, like, if the, if the twins and Anakin are in a room, right? Yeah. The twins are, like, sitting around, you know... Playing with something, talking blocks, through a building, right? And that. Anakin is literally just sitting in the corner, staring at the wall. And then, <laughs> yeah. once in a while, he'll like pipe up with something that makes no sense, but in a few days, like comes to fruition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that is that the is relationship Anakin. between. No, Anakin is in the corner, like Blair Witch. You're <laughs> <laughs> just like staring at the wall, <laughs> and. Heather with a camera. Like, and every now and then, he'll say, like, in three Galadri days, <laughs> they come. Yeah. And Jason will be like, what's a Galadri day? And he'll be like, don't know. Yeah. Just know it's three. Right. And, like, <laughs> and then Jason will be like, oh, everyone's got a weird brother. You know how brothers are. Yeah. And nobody is watching him. <laughs> nope. Nobody is is making sure he's okay. I no. mean, none of the kids, really. But. No, at this point, Jason and Jaina are watching Anakin. Right. Like, they, I think the draw says, like, yeah, they've basically been raising right. him. They're in, in, yeah. <laughs> in the they really, They've really blossomed as his caretakers. And they're eight. Yeah, they're eight-year-olds. So they shouldn't be parenting a six-year-old. Their six-year-old brother. Yeah. <laughs> but they, it does seem, I mean, the draw seems to be the doing, in this He's making the best. He's making the best of a terrible situation, and is certainly trying to be as responsible as he can for these kids. Yeah, who are not his. He did not sign on for this. No, this is he's not getting paid for this. No, (laughs) there's not enough overtime for this. Yeah, Um, but yeah, nobody is parenting these children. No, and Anakin needs a lot of care. They just need like structure. Yes. (laughs) Why won't anyone give these children a routine? Right, and just say like you know, I I also. These kids' whole lives are, like, adults in one room being like, go play, and then they go to a different yeah. empty room and are like, oh, we could break something. Right. As much as I, as, <coughs> uh, you know, adolescent, young adolescent, reading these books, yeah. like, loved the books that Jason, Jaina, and Anakin were in, because, like, that's, as a kid, like, I was most interested in what the kids were doing. Yeah. Like, it, it as an adult, <laughs> it makes sense to be like, okay... These are important characters in the sense that they are important to the main characters, but they are children. Right. And so, like, it makes sense for them to be introduced at the beginning. We're at home. We're having dinner. Parents are going off to do something, and they are staying home so they can keep in their routine with school. Yeah. And, you know, stay up with, with their studies. Or right. Or nanny droid right, or, or whatever, whatever you, or what a, you have you. a trusted friend who's yeah. watching them and... And they are not there when all right. of this is happening. Like, you don't need to... But it's... The, I mean, it's the same critique I have of, like, we need to get all the characters in here. Like, we can have a book where, like, 
Luke isn't involved yeah. in Han and Leia's. Well, like, the last chapter of this book brought in Wedge Antilles, who we have seen has in the Rogue hi- Squadron. hide nor hair from in the first two books up until Right, like, we don't need to see everybody point. do, like, a pop-in. Yeah. Pop-ins. <laughs> Watch out for the pop-ins. Watch out for the pop-ins. Like, we don't need everybody to, like, swing like Yeah, sneak their head into the pages and be like, oh, I'm still here. It's like a Marx Brothers stateroom scene everyone's right. just like which is kind of, i mean it it's still true of crystal star in some sense that we have like the three main characters right and, right but but crystal star i think did such a better job of but like there's, there's no, no lando right? there's no wedge there's no mon mothma like right it's not that those characters aren't important to the characters right they, right. they but you are you don't need every everybody show up in every arc right i mean why we could <laughs> i don't know maybe we feel like i'm repeating myself you can just have a book of like just leia yeah. Like going through a day, yeah, and like something goes wrong, right? Something right. happens, but but and you know she probably does like talk to Han at some point, and maybe she like touches base with Luke, but yeah. we, we don't have everybody just get cramming so... in, especially when you're trying to introduce new characters. And that was what I was getting so frustrated at the end when it was switching perspectives like five times per chapter because it just felt hectic. It felt like it was taking. Right. Like, nothing was happening because you kept switching perspectives. You weren't with anything yeah. long enough for anything to yeah. happen. That's also, like, I, we haven't talked, we haven't got back to talk that much about I, Jedi. But that is one thing that I do appreciate about that book, is that it did try something different when it was like, here's a character that you've never heard of. Yeah. Who is, you know, part of the story. You know, and we did have that critique of, like the sort of fan fiction here, right. like putting he was, him It was a little in, too self-insertion. Right, yeah. but it was really refreshing to have a perspective from somebody who isn't necessarily 100% connected right. to these other characters and who is, like, free to be critical of them, right? He, like, he also ripped Luke a new one yeah. <laughs> a few times. God help he you and Mothma got together. Right. <laughs> but, like, to not have to rely on the fact that, like, oh, well, the fans want to see... Luke and do, you know, Jedi stuff, and they want to see Han, you know, be in Harrison Ford action. Scruffy and getting knocked around. Right, and they want to see Leia, like... Miserable. Be a badass. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't need to see all of it. Like, you can have a book where... Yeah. Where, um... You know, we follow one character, and, and it makes room, I think, for, you know, if we want to, like, flesh out Thraken, like... Yeah, I mean, he was really, he never came up again after, like, the first chapter. I'm sure he'll be back, but it was such a... Maybe he got plastic surgery to look like Han. Han. Like, he wasn't always identical. Yeah. He, like, he looked like him, but right. he was like, you know, dead cousin of mine is, like, and I mean, so handsome. Even <laughs> even siblings, you know, aside from twins. Right, identical twins. Even, I, I, even siblings aside from identical twins. Siblings could look extremely similar, but almost never as similar as Han and Thraken are being described. No, they're identical. Like, they are they're like as if they're looking in a mirror, except the mirror has a mustache tape. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing that, like, yeah. mirroring yeah, you know. exercise. Yeah. But, like, cousins? Well, and it, that is a soap opera. Like, that yeah. is a, in uh, Twin Peaks, uh, which Perry, the original Twin Peaks show, which parodies soap operas, like, there is a character who who it looks identical to Laura Palmer who gets murdered in the beginning and that is her cousin and she is the same actress in a brunette wig. And the reason they did that is because David Lynch liked the actress so much he's like, I need to give you another part. Here you go. <laughs> but like they're also very they're you know, they're it's very self aware of, of the genres that it is commenting on, so it doesn't feel out of place. But here it just feels like the identical cousin? <laughs> like we're gonna do that. Yeah, no, it's weird. 
especially because it's a book and like the identical closet thing it rests so much on the visuals of yeah that. and this is I not guess, that impactful. I did read a young, a different like young adult slash kid series that had identical cousins in it, but that was different. They went yeah. to great lengths to explain think- the identical cousins, which was that <laughs> one pair of identical twins married another pair of identical twins. What book was this? <laughs> there were a lot of them. Is this a series? Yes. What is it called? I don't remember. It sort of sounds familiar, but it was like a series. I to Google this. About like identical twin sisters. And in every book, they would, like, swap places oh. for one reason or another, and, right. like, things would go kind of bananas. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, when I guess they felt like that was getting a little stale, <laughs> they introduced their cousin, who was also an identical twin. Yeah. Well, not, not an identical twin, but their cousin who was identical to them, because it was, like, the, co- the, the moms brothers, were twins, and the dads siblings. were twins, and, like, those siblings married siblings, and had girls at the same time, a set of identical twin girls, and a third girl who was also, looks just like yeah. the other two. <laughs> <laughs> Get us the title. <laughs> like, even, I might want to read it. <laughs> even that's a stretch. Yeah. But, so I do think it, it is at least a nod to the fact that, yes, it is ridiculous for cousins to be identical and, like, here is how we will explain this. Yeah. I do think that is something that is, you not just in soap opera, but maybe melodrama, that, like, yeah. in in narratives, there seems to be an accept, uh, not so much maybe now, but, like, you know, mid-century, like, an acceptance that, like, you could have a cousin character who looked extremely like right. another character for, you know, some sort of plot repulsion so like as myself a possessor of cousins like right. which right but also the critique wouldn't we wouldn't be nearly so critical if like it mattered right if they were it's just doing something right. like, <laughs> like they look alike and that is it yeah right? it is not like you know why Leia not- mistook thraken and was making out with him <laughs> yeah like <laughs> on you girl mustache i'm so attracted <laughs> i love this mustache <laughs> oh i would love that like if <laughs> And, like, Thracken's, like, yelling at the kids, and Anakin's like, that's not my father. And then it's like, of course it is. And no one's listening to him because he's a weirdo. Yeah. I mean, he's saying it, but he's saying it in his secret, like, wallpaper language that he made up. And, like, he's trying to seduce Leia. And then, like, Luke breaks in. It's like, it's not hard! I force-sensed him, and it is Thracken solo. I mean, that's like, so bad for him. solo, and then, like, he throws off a cape. And, yeah, and Leia's like, gasp! Leia faints. Just, yeah, like, on her fainting couch. So onto a fainting couch. And Thracken's like, well, if it wasn't for those pesky Jedi. And then he, like, flings open the balcony window and, like, leaps off the terrace into the into the night. Yeah, like a mustache-curling villain. <laughs> <laughs> tying leg to the train tracks. Yeah. But <laughs> that's not what happens. If you're not going to do that, right. <laughs> then what's the point? Right, because if you want to be ridiculous and do, you know what, I, I'll say it, I would love a book that's like a Star Wars melodrama. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Like, you know, um, you know, soap opera, not a romance no- novel necessarily. No. We also call for that, but like just a, just a like More dramatic... Star Wars melodrama. Yeah. I'm calling Pey- for it. Peyton Place. Now yeah, Voyager. Like Place. Yeah. Like a, yeah, like a, you know, cheap paperback. Yeah. Page Turner. Totally. Maybe even related but separate, like a Penny Dreadful kind of. Right, or like of. a gothic. Yeah, gothic horror Star Wars novel. Right, gothic romance. Some kind of, you know. A house, except it wouldn't have to be a house, it could be a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. A creepy spaceship like with Rebecca, secrets in it. A Rebecca kind of. Or a Rebecca with a Mrs. Danvers droid. Yeah. 
Yeah. A Danvers droid. I'm all for it. A Danvers droid. Yeah, like, get, you know. And, right, it doesn't necessarily have to be the characters we know. It could be sort of a tangentially related. Yeah, it's just, like, the identical with a mustache. It's just doesn't seem to be getting me anywhere. Right. It's just like an it. interesting thing just because it's an interesting, like. Yeah. Just something for the illustrator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which they don't even. Yeah, and how do they in this book, life. like, barely remember that they have children? Yeah. There's, like, a moment where Leia's like, I should go go find where my kids are. And Mara Jade's like, you're useless to them. And right, what he says, like, you're right. Yeah, all right. As a parent, as a... As a parent, I agree. Yeah. They should be left with strangers in this troubling time. And Zadral is a better caretaker in this moment. Oh, much better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mara Jade. She was another one who was constantly explaining, like, why she wasn't trustworthy. And I just wanted her to shut up. Yeah. We get it. Like, every interaction that Leia had with Mara Jade, Mara Jade would be like, um, well, I think we should do X. And then Leia would look thoughtful for a second. And then Mara Jade would say, like, I know what you're thinking. I can't trust me. I used to work for the Empire. You can't trust me. I might be trying to trick you. And you're right. You can't trust me. I'm not trustworthy. But you know what? I can't trust you. You you might be planning to betray me. You might do this. You might do that. (laughs) So what are we going to do? We're going to have, we're going to have, and Leia's like, I guess we have to work together because we don't have a choice. And Marjorie went, well, we have a choice. We don't have to work together. I think we should work together. But you can't trust me. And then she'd say it again like five more times. Would you guys used to get on the GG spaceship? It took them forever to like... Go. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about it in the sky. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. And Han was super suspicious of Drachmas, even though there was never... Yeah. And he she seemed never to get did... progressively more suspicious, even though, like, they were becoming better friends. Yeah, she never did anything shady, even for a second. Han is, like, weirdly twitchy. In this yeah, book. in this series. But it may be that, I mean, he's had minimum... Four like traumatic blows to the head. Yeah, at his have point. Been beating the crap out of him. So since book one. So he might. Act, there might be something wrong with him. Yeah, it's like in um in True Blood when Jason. <laughs> that's his name, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's too many Jason. When Jason Stackhouse starts seeing like his dead parents oh, telling yeah. him to do crazy things, right. and he's like really rude to Jessica, and then the next day she's all sad. He's like. Oh no, like I had a concussion. Right. Like, I just was being crazy. Yeah. And she's like, Should you go to the doctor? And he's no, I've had a bunch of concussions. And that's yeah, just basically fine. hard. Yeah. She's like, oh no, like I had a concussion. It was making me paranoid. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's paranoid, but it doesn't lead. Like, it's not like he's like, you know, betrays her or. No. You know, just acts on that feeling of mistrust. It's just like, right. I don't know if I can trust her. And then by the end, he's like, I trust her. Yeah. Or maybe even he doesn't. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Just does a lot of talking about how, like, don't know if I can trust her. Yeah. You can trust her. Like, from page one of her. Yeah. She's, like, she seems like a very she's been She's been nothing but on the up and up. Right. She's been nothing but just straightforward. Yeah, and, and giving a lot of benefit of the doubt and, and saving your life multiple times. Yeah, I like, think we should trust her. Yeah, let's trust her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, early on when they first, when Luke and Lando first get back to Coruscant, the guy from the New Republic Intelligence, I actually got that right, <laughs> the, the NRI, meets them and says, okay, we need to debrief you guys. We got things to talk about. We're going to bring you to our secret conference room. Yeah. And... So they go to the secret conference room and they, you know, they're going the super roundabout way and they don't know where they're going. And the guy's like, okay, so now you need to be ready because uh, around, I forgot about this, (laughs) around our secret conference room, we have these terrifying murder ghouls. (laughs) (laughs) 
ghost monsters that will eat your face. Like, we have no control over them. They're super aggressive. Mm-hmm. We don't know when they come or go. We would prefer you not to shoot them because uh, we like that they scare off potential intruders. Right. But you also should be ready to shoot them because they will eat your face if you have the opportunity. It took me a while. I had to go back because I didn't realize they were on Coruscant because I was like, this doesn't make sense for (laughs) that space. Right. It's like a comp. It's like instead of being up in the city level, it's down. It's down. And yeah, there's just like tunnels in which they want them there. Yeah. Because they're like a security system, but, but they're like potentially could just get eaten by Right. A they have like super sharp teeth and I think maybe they don't have eyes. They sound so terrifying. I like I was like, what planet did they land on? And then I went back and I was like, Oh, they went home. Yeah. This, this is, is where their home. Been. This is where they are raising their children. You know what? Maybe that's just another of Mon Moss was like, let's get Luke. <laughs> little you know those ghouls we have hidden in the basement? Bring them up. Put them in the hallways. And they're like, you know, that like we could all get murdered. And she's like, you know what? We'll be fine. It's gonna be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so Luke has to like. I have maybe two or three sunsets left. <laughs> if I can get a laugh at Luke's expense, even if we're all dead, it's worth it. Worth it. I will be dead soon anyway. <laughs> like, ma'am, you are forty-eight years old. Yeah, you look great. Perfectly healthy. <laughs> You're keeping yourself very well you preserved. <laughs> You've seen the medical droid. You're not even in pre-menopause yet. Right. You like, just look wonderful. You have so much life left in you. Look at how much energy you're spending trying to torture Luke. She's like, no. No. This is the end. Yeah, I'm done. Soon I will be gone. Soon I will shuffle off this mortal coil. Right. And if it's from a monster ghoul, so be it. Yeah. At least I got one last laugh. I hope that I hope that Luke sees that monster ghoul eating me. Yeah, right. And it's traumatized. In the rest of his life, that is the only image he can fall asleep to. Yeah. My screen. <laughs> it makes no sense it otherwise. It makes no sense that you'd be like, we need a place. We have the entire planet. We have we technology. In, we have insane technology. We have limitless skyscraper space. We could go anywhere. Let's go to the murder gold day. <laughs> Let's just make like an airtight. Conference Let's just room. put like a, a conference room. It's not even like anything that we want, it to, we want our like our most secret conference room where we can talk about stuff we really don't want anyone to hear. Remember, we had that tree that was eavesdropping on us yeah. for a while. We don't want any listening trees. Right. Where can we go for this? So movie? we're just gonna have a concrete bunker in the murder ghoul day. <laughs> yeah. The murder ghouls—they weren't bothering anyone. This is just an invasion right. of their habitat. Yeah. What do they eat normally? I mean, I'm sure they're—I'm sure they're carnivorous. But yeah, there's probably like creatures and stuff down there. Yeah, but... maybe, maybe they maybe they eat hawk bats. Yeah. Maybe there are, are no murder ghouls. <laughs> it's just an elaborate ruse <laughs> to scare Luke and Lando. Like, my mom's like, this will be hilarious. Just tell them that there are murder ghouls. <laughs> and just, like, do it really convincing. Well, Luke has to, like, use... And then, like, they get down there, and the the door is just covered in murder ghouls. <laughs> Costumes. <laughs> like it's Halloween. I hope that's what it is. And they're just like, woo. <laughs> Luke's like terrified. And Luke's just like really scared. Of <laughs> as, much as, 
much as he like has dealt with ghost Jedi, he's like, but murder ghouls. That's a whole different situation. Yeah, and Mon Mothma knows this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she hired a bunch of actors from Coruscant <laughs> to dress up as murder ghouls. <laughs> that makes. Way more <laughs> sense than the idea that they would build their yeah. conference room in the, the NRI guy. Like, just be really convincing. Yeah, like you have to sell it. Like that guy's not an NRI guy. Like he's an, no, he's an actor. actor. They're all a bunch of actors who are hired <laughs> to scare Luke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I buy sense it. Than anything else? Yeah, I definitely buy it. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> I don't really got anything else. I think I think we chatted this book right up. Yeah, and so uh, we'll we'll be back soon. We'll be back with uh, what's the next one called? Showdown at Center Point. I was about to say verb at location. Yeah, but... no, it's Showdown at Center Point. Um, and that's the last one of these, and then figure out what we're uh, what we're moving on to next. All right. Well, thanks, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com, for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon, or on Instagram, adolescenceafteralderon. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much.